Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. From various highly secure, top secret locations throughout South Texas, this is the return of the Spurs Insider Podcast. It's the training camp edition, and maybe Jeff McDonald will fulfill his annual tradition of explaining to the listeners what training camp is all about. But we've got a lot of other things to get into. Uh, Since the last time we spoke to you, we have a Spurs schedule. We have comments, updated interviews with Spurs players and coaches, and so we'll get right to it. I am Mike Finger with Nick Talbot and Tom Ringo Starr Orsborn and Jeff McDonald. And Jeff, what do people need to know about the start of training camp? Well, before we get to all of that, I wanted to mention, uh, you know how you always say we have two whole listeners to this podcast? I met one of them. I met one of them. Yeah, it's uh, it's my little brother. Uh He listens to this podcast and he, he likes it. Well, that's, that's a great review. Yeah, it's a great review. Well, what he says was uh, he likes it, but Finger talks too much and all his opinions are wrong. <laughs> okay. Well, we're, we're actively seeking sponsors. So if he runs any kind of business that, um, you know, uh, would like to get its name on the podcast, that'd be great. He runs a podcast review business. Well, that's good. That sounds perfect. What, do, what, do our, what, is, what does our other listener need to know about training camp? Um, basically the, the, the most important thing is they've gotten here actually, you know, like past COVID tests and have gotten on the floor and, uh, their first group workout I think was on, uh, Friday. So they've had a couple group workouts. Other than that, uh, the kind of on the floor topic that keeps coming up, even when we don't ask the question is how does the Marcus Aldridge fit with this, uh, new look Spurs group? So you want to talk about that? Sure. Okay, talk about it. <laughs> Tom Ringo Star Orsborn was unable to join the podcast last time because of technical issues, which we believe was a ruse to get out of talking. And he tried it again for this one. But now we're actually able to see him through the magic of Zoom. He was unable to get out of this. So we need to know with his salmon colored cup, which he is showing here. And Tom Ringo, what... Wh- First of all, are you glad to be back? Second of all, are you excited for training camp? Third of all, what's the deal with LaMarcus Aldridge? Um, yes. Yes. Uh, yes. And what's the deal with the L.A.? Well, he's, he's fitting in just fine, according to everybody. He's, he's on board and he's able to you know, fit in with the up-tempo attack that they're doing. And that doesn't surprise me. I didn't. I didn't he would have a problem, uh, you know, buying in. But that is... The, the, it doesn't mean he'll be able to do it, but I mean, the attitude is there where he can buy in. The reason that this came up, and um, there's there's been different reactions to, I think, Spurs coach Popovich to various players, basically just acknowledging that 
this is a question. I, I, I don't think it's anything more than that. And I think people are just being honest. When the Spurs played in the bubble last summer, uh, coming off of the, the COVID hiatus and regrouped and played this new style of basketball, Lamarcus wasn't there. He was rehabilitating an injury. And so it's, it's natural that everyone would want to, um, that everyone would want to know how Lamarcus can fit in. So um, I, I think, Jeff, if you can run us through what various people said about Lamarcus this past week and kind of what your reaction to each of those comments were. You're asking me to remember a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, there's been like a ton of zooms and they all like run together. But anyway, um, I, you know, obviously the question is, is the question for the reason you mentioned, they had this thing they were doing in Orlando that seemed to work. And now there is a kind of a part swap they're going to do, you know, LaMarcus wasn't there in the bubble. And now it's kind of a major thing to put in a whole different type of player there than, than Jakob Pertl. So I think that's why the, what the question is, um, you know, pop is talking about, we're going to do what we did in the bubble and everyone else is going to have to um, adjust around that, uh, which is which is fair. And you know, he went on to say that Lamarcus can do it and is willing to do it. And uh, they're putting a lot of lot of bank in him expanding his range even more to to, to uh, the three point line. Last year, Lamarcus shot more threes than he ever had in his life, made more threes than he had in his life, and shot the highest percentage of his career. And they're hoping that could continue, and that would be a positive step towards reintegrating himself. You know, and the and the players are are saying the right things for the most part about how this is um, something that Marcus can do and wants to do. And, and, you know, he's a professional who, who wants to help the team. Um, the, the one thing I found interesting of through the 97,000 zooms this week was um, a lot of this is us asking those questions, but at mm-hmm. one point we were just talking to DeJounte Murray generally about bubble ball. And he's the one that brought up Lamarcus's name and said that, you know, it, uh, you know, he, he, if, if he can fit in, then, then we can, we can keep this thing going. Jeff, so here's, a, here's an exact quote, uh, that they said, um, quote, as long as he gets on board with us and gets ready to continue what we were doing in the bubble, then I feel like we'll be just fine. But I don't think that is outrageous or, or even, um, surprising in any way i mean he's, no, he's stating no. the obvious what, what jumped fact. out to, what jumped out to me is just that he brought it up on his own this is something right. that's obviously on everybody's mind and we don't have to prompt them to even talk about it right i, I don't think he was calling I'm out melting down over that though yeah i don't think he was calling out anybody or anything like that i think that's absurd no, not at all. what we have to remember is that people are not, not just in spurs <laughs> insider land but just in life in general is Twitter's not the real world. <laughs> like uh, some people get upset about everything. And I don't think most people are um, most Spurs fans. Most people who follow the team at all are freaking out because DeJounte Murray just basically stick the obvious and said that LaMarcus needs to fill it into this style of play. I think it's all fine. Right. That's probably not very good for our podcast ratings. We need more controversy uh, and scandal. But. We, we just lost half our listeners. We're down to one now. <laughs> I've, I've been told that there's more than two listeners. Um, okay. Okay. We'd be talking about Edinburgh's football player and Urban Meyer. <laughs> Not that's true. At this time, at this time of the year. The, going, going back to the Marcus, just the point is 
what everyone is saying and what Lamarcus himself is acknowledging is uh, he's going to have to adjust to bubble ball. They're not going to adjust bubble ball to him. And I think that's fair and that's fine. And that's, that's, that's a, that's a good way to go. Yeah. Um, the other, before DeJounte kind of just spoke the obvious one, one of the more notable quotes from the zooms was when Greg Popovich said, uh, when asked about this very topic, uh, how, how much he wanted to carry over the style of play that the Spurs played in the bubble last year, he says, uh, in, in all frankness, he didn't remember making the playoffs last year, winning a championships last year. And that, what was it? Uh, it's, it's time for a change. And again, that is not, that sentiment is not totally surprising, but the fact that he came out and said it kind of that frankly uh, was notable. I think that yes, what the Spurs did for most of the year last year was not good enough. So clearly they have to move on to a different era, so to speak. And, uh, you know, people forget this isn't the first time a pop coach Spurs team has made itself over. He's done it several times over the years from the, you know, the David Tim dominated teams early on to the big three, to the, the, the way they played in those Miami finals, the beautiful game, they called it. Um, he's done, he's, he's made the, the team over several times. I think this is just his next challenge on that, which might be his last year. Yeah. And nobody is saying, Oh, they're going to play this style now. And Oh, they're a playoff team and they're going to be kicking butt again. And it's going to fix everything that ailed them last year. Like, nobody's saying that. It's just that, it's just that, you know, the, the, the way they had been playing that was very ISO heavy and LaMarcus and DeMar play calling heavy. Um, it, it, it has its ceiling and it's time to play the young guys and, and turn them loose. And, and whether they, whether they make the playoffs this year or not is sort of irrelevant. I kind of look at this season very much as the same way they, they looked at it going into the bubble where we're just going to develop guys. And if we make the playoffs great, but if we don't, that's not really the goal. And I, that, I don't know that they would say that uh, out loud right now, but I would, I believe that's pretty much the approach is we're going to develop guys. And if we make the playoffs great, and if we don't, we'll take it, we'll take a second straight lottery pick. I think the approach of the front office, the approach of the decision makers can be, it's okay that that can be different than the players themselves. Because yes. of course, every player, even every coach wants to make the playoffs. Right. right, right, and, right. and you you wouldn't want DeJounte Murray or Rudy Gay or name your player, Patty Mills, De, DeMar DeRozan, to come out and say, well, we're developing this year and we don't care about the playoffs. If you ask any of those guys, they all want to make the playoffs. And that's good. Like players should want to win. Um, but you're, I think you're right in terms of the the view of the organization that this is a a transitional developmental year. Like the the if this sees I'll just open it up to to everybody. What what would qualify as a successful year for this team? A successful year? Yes. I mean obviously the playoffs for the Spurs is always the successful year, but you'd have to think you want to see big jumps or a jump from Lonnie Walker, Keldon Johnson, uh, DeJounte Murray getting back to being an all NBA defender. I mean, if you get those three things, that's hugely successful. And if you get great minutes out of Devin Vassell, then that's also amazing. And if you end up in the lottery and get all those things, then all the better. 
Yeah, I think think there's going to be some obstacles towards translating that bubble ball to the real world. I mean, not that it can't be done or shouldn't be done, but anyone thinking it's going to be seamless is probably kidding themselves. I mean, for one thing, you're going to you're you're looking at teams that are kind of prepared for that now instead of having it just ambushed ambushing other teams with them like they did in Orlando. We've talked about LaMarcus having to figure out his his place. Can you get away with DeMar DeRozan as your four? For, for 72 games, especially defensively, I don't know. Uh, and then you're talking about starting the season without Derek White and Keldon Johnson, who were two of the most important pieces of your success in Orlando. So I don't think it's going to look quite as quite as great as it did uh, in the bubble for the whole season. I just think if you can keep building towards to where at the end of the season, it looks like something you can build, you can move forward with. Uh, I think that's where you see a successful season. Ringo. Ringo left. Ringo's, we see his, his lips moving, but nothing's coming out of his, his mouth. Can we do that to real, you? Much like the real Ringo. Can you, uh, can you hear me now? <laughs> yes, we can. Yes, we can. Yeah, Ringo, we was, Ringo was lip syncing earlier. <laughs> he was. <laughs> he was we're going to call him Millie Vanilli now. Uh, what, what, what do you got, sir? Um, he forgot. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying to hear you guys, that's all. Ringo, I don't know. This is the, this is the worst podcast ever. <laughs> I, I don't know if you go back, like which Beatle do you think was the most techn- technologically challenged? Would it have been Ringo? Ringo. Ringo. Who, who, who would have adapted best to McCartney, McCartney to the stay-at-home, work-from-home technological uh, era? You think McCartney would, well, would, would have been best? George I'm Harrison did some experimental uh, stuff. John Lennon had that period where he was at home just taking care of the, uh, his son. So I think he would adapt well to it. He was there in the Dakota. Yeah. We, we lost Tom's voice again. This is, this is the best. Anyway, if you love the quality of this podcast and the, the, the great focus discussion that we have, more of that at expressnews.com and on the uh, and on the Spurs Nation newsletter. I mean, this is just a taste of the professional, um, again, focused, clear, um, just 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 hiccupless kind of production that that you can expect. And even even I'll, I'll say this: expressnews.com even better than this podcast. This so just never, look into that. That'd be this great. This never would happen if this was based out of South Korea. That's true. Um, but we're going we're gonna to keep going here. I wanted to uh, get into something Jeff alluded to earlier with Derek White and Keldon Johnson starting this training camp without, I guess, not starting this training camp. Their, their sidelines start. Do we, do we know anything about how long that's going to be? Uh, we don't really. It's it's difficult. This is one of the things where the work from home, Zoom kind of thing, not go to practice kind of hurts you because you can't see things with your own eyes. So you're kind yeah. of having to just base things on on what people are telling you. And you were on the Zoom on Tuesday when Pop told us that the start of the season sounds like it's in jeopardy for both those guys as well as Quindary Weatherspoon. So right. I guess that's, that's where we stand right now. And that yeah. in a way could... Um... I guess temporarily to start the season, 
uh, solve the question of whether Lamarcus and Pirtle right. play together. Right. Right. Because if neither Derek White nor Keldon Johnson are available to start the season, then your starting lineup pretty much has to include Aldridge and Pirtle and DeRozan and um, who I guess it would be uh, Murray and, and Walker. Um, that's, that's a good guess. And then that kind of sorts itself out. I, I think one question that we had the last time we talked and will continue to be a question moving forward is um, do Aldridge and Pirtle play together uh, when everybody's healthy? And uh, I, I guess they can try it both ways. I'll, uh, Popovich over the years has experimented with lineups throughout a season. And I'd, I'd anticipate there'd be more of that this year. Do you mean, do you mean like as a starting group or play together at all? Um, I guess the question would be, will the majority of Jakob Pertl's minutes be with LaMarcus Aldridge or without him? Because I mean, they didn't, even before they decided to go small in the bubble, they weren't, they weren't playing Jakob and Aldridge together very much right. at all last season. So but I was you, surprised if they went back that way. Well, you, um, you re up Pertle. He's your, uh, he's your biggest acquisition of the off season. Mm-hmm. And you're clearly, you've decided that that's going to be the center that you want on your team for several years. And I mean, you're probably right, but I, I mean, I would just assume that um, if LaMarcus Aldridge was playing power forward, which he wants to play, he's always wanted to play. And if Pirtle's playing center, um, that if you played a big lineup, they'd spend a lot of time together, but who knows? Maybe not. Am I wrong? Uh, that sounds good to me. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um the schedule came out and this is a different schedule in a number of ways. First of all, we only got half of it, um, which I thought was kind of a innovative way to do this in the age of COVID when there's going to be cancellations this year, there's going to be postponements just book for the first half of the schedule. And then that gives you leeway to, to reschedule after the all-star break. But the, the other thing is there's so many instances of, um, in the interest of cutting down travel, you know, you play the Lakers on back-to-back nights. Teams are limiting their their visits to cities, and you 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 often play the same team twice in a row. Is that I think that's going to add a whole different dimension to the season. Papa said in the past he hates those when they come up every now and then, but it it, it seems like just part of what the NBA is doing to make yeah, this come off. Yeah, five right. sets of those in the first thirty-one games. Or thirty-one, or however many they've announced. Thirty-seven, thirty-seven. Yeah, they've got five, five sets of those. Uh, most of them at home. The only one on the road is is uh, in Minnesota. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be weird. It's gonna be weird. Uh, like, you and have you and Tom uh, divvied up the uh, road trips yet? Uh, like who's gonna who's gonna cover which Zoom from home? You mean? <laughs> yes, yes. We need to work on that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what? This will be the year that uh, I'll give Tom New York. Tom, are you excited about that? <laughs> he's he's, he's muted. <laughs> I, I, I think I'm covering all the zooms because my my computer works. That's true. Um, just in general, you mentioned to, to start this podcast that the big story was the training camp was happening at all. 
I guess that's also objective number one for the season itself, just to get the season played. And um, the NBA was the sports league that had the most success, I guess the NHL as well, because they did it in a bubble and was able to finish the previous season, um, the, the whole playoffs and, and crown a champion. And that was great. This, there's going to be some challenges here. And especially with the way that the numbers are going up around the country in terms of COVID, um, I guess the, the smartest thing would be for fans to expect lots of, lots of postponements, right? Yeah. There's sort of an acknowledgement at the league office, um, that, that, uh, to, to take, take a phrase from president elect Joe Biden, that it could be a dark winter. But the flip side of that is there's some real optimism there as there is probably nationwide that by spring and early summer, um, with, with the vaccines coming along that, that things could look a little closer to normal as far as the NBA goes. There's, there's people at the NBA that will say, um, it's not out of the realm of possibility that they will have a, a playoffs that looks exactly like, you know, the playoffs we've been used to with bands in the stands and media in the, in the, um, in the, in the arena as well. I, I think that's probably an optim, an overly optimistic view, but I, I, there are, there are people that think it's at least possible. So, so I think there's a sense of just get through the winter when it's going to be, when everyone across the world realizes it's going to be, it could get, get dark and just get through that. And then, by the time you get to the, the spring and summer, perhaps it loosens up a little bit. You have something that feels a little more like normalcy. That's go ahead, Tom. We heard one word. <laughs> Tom is saying some brilliant stuff right now. Um, it's, it's just, um, I, I wish you guys could hear it. It's he made a really good point that we'll never hear. And he looks frustrated. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think the, the money, is to be made in the postseason. Like that's the whole goal. It's the goal of college football. It's the goal of the NFL. It's the goal of the NBA. Just get to where the, the, the money is made, which is the postseason. And if, if regular season games have to be postponed every now and then, if it be, if the regular season becomes a mess, that's okay. As long as you get to a point where you've played at least what 50, 60 games have the team seated um, in somewhat of a fair way and then get to that postseason when hopefully everything is, is looking a little better and, and, and you can pull off the NBA playoffs as we know it. Um, anytime Tom wants to try start talking, he can try and maybe it'll, it'll come in, but I'm, uh, I'm going to get to what fans have been asking. When are they allowed to go to games? And the last thing the Spurs said is they're hoping to maybe have some fans in the arena on January 1st, but that, that seems like it's, it's flexible as well. Yeah. And it should be because we don't, we don't know what's going to happen through the Christmas season when, when people are naturally going to be traveling and congregating and spreading this crap all over the merry United States again. So I, I think really going to have to look at what the, what the situation looks like um, on the ground come January 1st, but that is a target date. And it's, it's interesting. It's the second of one of those double headers we're talking about with the Lakers, the Lakers here on the 30th and then they play on the first. And, and that's the date that the Spurs are hoping to have fans in the AT&T center in what they're calling a limited capacity. So we'll, we'll, 
everyone just can cross their fingers and we'll, we'll see if it works out. And I would, as, I would assume we're going to be more conservative with those things than a lot of the other teams in Texas have been, such as the Cowboys and A&M. Um, just the way the Spurs are run, I would think they're going to be a little bit more conservative. For Well, that's that's true, and it's smart to to be um, cautious. But the, the economic reality is the Spurs are a small market NBA franchise that depends a lot on um, – in-person fans and, yeah, do. and um, you know, that's gotta be a difficult decision for everybody involved in terms of, I mean, every game that they host with an empty arena affects the bottom line. And, and these decisions are the same decisions that employers and companies and just people all across America are making every day in terms of, you know, deciding how to navigate those difficult decisions. But I mean, it's, it's clear that the Spurs are a franchise even more so than the Lakers or the Knicks or, or teams like that, that, that just get all kinds of marketing, you know, the name brand revenue. Um, they, they, they benefit from fans in the, in the, in the stands and, you know, it, it, it would be great for everybody involved if at least by, you know, March at some point during the regular season, they, they can have some games that resemble, uh, what those games used to look like. And may, maybe I'm wrong, but by putting a date on it, January 1st, that kind of makes it difficult, but it's going to take a lot to move you off that date. Once you put the date out there, am I, am I wrong about that? Like it, it's going to take something drastic to say, well, maybe not January 1st and maybe something drastic will happen. But I think once you put the, once you put a date on it, your inclination is to try to everything you can to stick with that date. I think you have to, I, I don't want to pontificate here, <laughs> but I, I think you have to be able to swallow your pride and say, if, if the number, Numbers look bad on January 1st. If things are out of control, I don't think you can wedge yourself into saying, we said January 1st, we have to stick with it. For sure. But I think there's a, um, there's always a gray area as to what constitutes as bad or too bad. And again, if if there's local state and and national uh, health experts saying you got to shut it down, the Spurs will shut it down. But I, I I don't, I I don't imagine Greg Abbott's going to tell anyone to shut it down. Right. I wonder what the the thought process is of just the average Spurs fan, whether they want to be there yet. That I think that also plays into it because I think if you, if you opened up the arena to 16,000 fans tomorrow for the season opener, I'm not sure 16,000 fans would show up. There was a, there was a UTSA football game when, when they started their season back in September and they were going to allow X number of people, 25,000, whatever it was. And if everybody would have showed up, it would have been the largest indoor gathering in America since the pandemic. And I was thinking that's not a very good idea. But the uh, the fans kind of uh, uh, fixed it themselves. Only a few thousand showed up and it was fine. It was great. I, I, I just wonder how many tickets the Spurs could sell on January 1st if they tried. Because I think, 
I'm, I'm going to give the listeners, I'm going to give the, the citizens a lot of credit. And that I think a lot of people, I think most people are, are taking this seriously and trying to do the right thing. Maybe that's overly optimistic, but I, I think that plays into it as well. Is it wrong of me to think that the ones that would show up like the very first day they could get into the arena are the exact ones that I don't want to be around right now? That's the problem. That's, that's probably 100% accurate. That's, that's, that's why I would never go out or I don't go out anywhere these days. Still, after how long we've been shut in now? Almost nine months? Uh, 479 yeah. years. That's yeah. Some days it feels like that, especially with uh, these, these darker nights. Yeah. So um, between now and the, when, when is the preseason opener? I don't know. Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> is, 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 are we going to see any kind of developments between now and, and the, the season opener, which is December 23rd? I mean, the, the, this, this team kind of is what it is now, right? There's no more um, free agents to be signed. The roster is full. Trades probably aren't going to happen up until whenever the trade deadline nope, becomes. Nope. I, I think, yeah, I think that the team, the team is what the team is. And I think that was kind of a very, um, like management did that on purpose. I think that, I think again, as we talked about from an organizational standpoint, this is a transitional year um, that you're going to, you want internal growth and you want to keep your, your um, payroll as clean as possible for next summer. And that's kind of where the, the personnel rebuild might begin. Yeah. So we will check in with everybody um, when we have more to talk about. Except when we Tom. When, except, well, except Tom, 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 again, his, his lips are moving and he's, he's making just one of the most trenchant pieces of analysis I've Tom, ever ha- Have you tried not seen. doing the podcast while driving through the Holland Tunnel? you <laughs> <laughs> think of that? We'll, we'll, I think our goal, the goals for this season, uh, Spurs related, development see some improvement from the Lonnie Walkers and Devin Vassells and Kelvin Johnson's and Tom Orsborne uh just just taking a baby step with technology and, and being able to hear his Ringo's voice again that would be he's great. so mad because this isn't on him at all this <laughs> it is, it is, <laughs> is his computer he's the only person who is in the old secure location he's actually in the original highly secure top secret location and it's just not working for him but hopefully he'll be back next time we're going to do these more regularly for our growing list of listeners and we'll we'll check in with you next time until then take care of each other and keep it real 